Steve, happy Tuesday. Welcome to another, uh, what are we calling these things, TSS episode? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Happy uh, Tuesday to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we kind of, um, based off of feedback and guys we mentioned yesterday, we wanted to kind of hit our first bow kills. So going back to first stories, and then you said your first one wasn't super interesting, but your second one was. So I won't hold you to it if you want to share the actual first. But um, yeah, I thought I thought it'd be kind of fun to I'll turn that off. But yeah, I thought it could be kind of fun to hit some of those early stories. So whether it's the very first or second, you know, you said that might be a better story, totally up to you. But like, what's one of those early Steve Speck moments with a bow in his hand and, you know, getting an arrow towards an animal? Uh, yeah, so my first bow kill was uh, cow elk. I think I was 19. Yeah, 19 years old. Because uh, I picked up a bow. No, I would have been 18. Picked up. Yeah, picked up a bow when I turned 18. Uh, and then, and that was my first hunting season and it happened, man, I remember just freaking, um, we had, I was hunting with my, my buddy that got me into it. You know, he had been elk hunting, um, for, for, since he was like 12 and, you know, his dad did it and it's not something that we kind of deer hunted and, and, you know, just typical rifle weekend type family. Um, and then when I was 18, got into the bow hunting. Um, but the advice we had heard was like elk, you just got to hike hard. You got to cover a lot of miles. And, and that's kind of how we hunted that whole season. I remember just, we hunted our butts off, um, just hiking up and down the mountains more or less just, you know, like it was more, um, a good example of going through the motions. Like you were doing the work, but you actually like weren't taking out an extra 10% to, uh, like slow down and really hunt, right? Like we were getting up early, we we're hiking, hunting our butts off, climbing up, you know, just, but it wasn't, there was not a lot of strategy about it. Just trying to walk through elky country and hope you stumbled into something. You'd, we'd stop and call for, you know, 30 seconds in cow call or whatever. I'm sure it sounded horrible and nothing would happen. So you just keep hiking. And anyways, hunting our butts off all season, literally last, very, very last evening you know, September 30th, uh, it was just me and my dad and we had hiked up to the edge of this clear cut, got into some elk. Um, and basically it was, it was, man, it was basically a small cow. It wasn't a calf, but it was a small cow. And somehow I, um, the elk were up the hill and I sprinted up the hill to like catch him and get a shot, you know, like just being stupid. Um, and then I had got in between the herd and, and that cow. And then, so the cow, the herd had already busted off, but the cow just came walking by me at like 20 yards and, and shot, um, and, uh, made, uh, I think I hit it pretty far back as if we, uh, kind of, a, um, liver guts shot, you know? Um, and, uh, didn't know that at the time we, we tracked it kind of a couple hundred yards. I had some blood and then saw it like laying, it had gone and laid down out in this kind of open clearing and, um, it laid there and it was basically dark and we're like, okay, we're gonna have to hike out of here and then come back in the morning and hope it's still there. And I definitely remember that being a, um, just a gut wrenching night. You know what I mean? Like first for it had been the, up to that point, I had never, uh, in my deer hunting, uh, rifle deer hunting, I never killed an animal. So it was my first animal that I've shot at and hit and, you know, I'm worried about that. I wounded, is it going to die? And, uh, anyways, got up there to the, Hiked back in the next morning. It was laying right where we were at, and I was uh, or right where we left it. And I remember being about as excited as it could be. You know, I was pretty jacked. The first first year hunting and killed a cow, and 
it was a pretty cool experience. Um, I remember remember vividly the smell of that thing cutting it up, you know, because it had <laughs> guts in there. <laughs> that was uh, rough. I, think I used to be kind of squeamish. Yeah. Uh, like when, when uh, you know, he said I had never killed anything, but my brothers and dad had killed some deer. Uh, you know, when it's, I was like 15, 16, stuff like that. And I remember like, I couldn't even um, – I couldn't even be around like the, the gut pile. My brother always likes to tell the story whenever like around friends and stuff. Cause he's like, I don't know how the heck you became a hunter. Cause when you were 15, I didn't think you were going to hack it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause I just couldn't, I just ugh, blood and the smell. And yeah. So I remember cutting up my first cow, this freaking like almost you know, like dry vomiting in my mouth, trying to cut the thing up. And <laughs> at the same time being like squeamish with pulling out guts and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, in fact, we, I had some terrible, you know, pack. And I remember we, but my dad and I, one tripped that cow out of there. Um, obviously, it's, it was a small cow and just had, you know, neck meat and hinds and fronts and back straps. But uh, um, I, I guess I do remember that being kind of a cluster too. Because, you know, my dad had, had uh, in general, if we, prior to that, you killed a deer, you just drug it out whole. You just two guys grab onto a leg or whatever and just drug it out. It's kind of how I always remember doing it. So I think it was yeah. even for my dad's first time cutting up an animal like that. Um, so that was a process that probably took like, you know, four hours or something. Something you do in 15 minutes now, uh-huh. uh, a small cow. But, uh, yeah. Uh, how about you? I'll, you tell yours and I'll jump into my, uh, deer story. Yeah. Yeah. So mine was uh, a white tail. I, my first for, with bow, I picked up a bow basically right, um, right near the end of college is when I kind of had the free time to, to get more into hunting as I wanted to and picked up a bow and really fell in love with shooting a bow in general. And I want to say I bought a bow in it was probably spring, like May, something like that. Um, and then in Missouri, the archery season for Whitetail opens in mid-September, but I remember I didn't really get out till October, you know, when it kind of started to cool down a little bit, but it was late October. Um, I, I went to a family property, basically, that was pretty close to home. My brother has like 30-ish acres, um, and I had never hunted it. I knew there was deer around, and so it was my first year hunting that property, first time with a bow first time really in a tree stand um especially in a climbing tree stand because growing up like we pretty much hunted from the ground with rifles um or had some like homemade tree stands basically you know like lumber built fixed uh-huh. against a tree type thing so it was all new man i remember going out before the season just to practice with my tree stand i had literally bought like a summit climber from a garage sale um and just figuring out how to use that thing and get up and down there efficiently and safely in that whole process. So it was, I want to say it was the first, I can't even remember, but I want to say it was the first time I went out like with my bow and with that climbing tree stand and picked this spot based off of, there was um, like a good hillside and kind of a little bench on it. And I was just kind of picturing like something coming across that bench and there was, it kind of, fed up to a little saddle and so you know i was making guesses right new property and all that but um yeah i got out there mid-afternoon and you know wasn't expecting much to happen until later in the evening kind of prime time type deal and not too far or not too long after i got to the tree got climbed up got settled like within 
10 minutes of kind of settling in, I looked back over my shoulder and happened to see a deer bedded on the hillside, which was essentially behind me and below me at that point. And the funny thing was, is I had come up that hillside to get to this tree. Um, and so I don't know how I didn't either spook that deer or if it just like happened to work out where it came across and bedded right before I saw it, but it was just bedded, just chilling. Um, and it was probably 85 yards away. And even then, like at that distance, it's bedded has no idea in there, but I'm all jacked, man. Like so excited. (laughs) And, uh, I just remember thinking I was envisioning there's no way this thing is coming up towards me because if it went further downhill, it's going to go down towards a field. And I thought, man, there's, there's just no way it's, you know, it's bedded here in the afternoon as it gets closer to evening, it's going to get up. It's going to go down towards the field, um, you know, where there's some grasses and that more, more better feed for it basically. So, but I kept keeping my eye on it and, you know, time passed, it stayed bedded for quite a bit and I would just peek, you know, over my shoulder and it was still there. And I peeked at one point and it wasn't there. And I was like, oh, where is it? Like it's gone. And it took me a second and I saw it. It had came in closer to me. It was a little breezy. I didn't hear it moving, you know, in the leaves, but it had come in closer and it's coming basically over my right shoulder. And, uh, Dude, it, it's like almost V-lining towards me at this point when I finally catch where it's at and catch its movement. And so it, it was like, to this day, it was a pretty kind of awkward position, awkward shot as it's coming in behind me. And I probably would have handled it differently now. But, you know, I'm thinking I can basically stand up in my climber, turn and twist around and kind of make this twisted slash leaning shot, which was a terrible idea, especially with, you know, no experience. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of torque around this tree. The deer's only 15 yards, go to full draw. And it was like, I don't know if it was the the position I was in, if it was the excitement, whatever, but I basically get to full draw and accidentally release the arrow, like right, almost right away. Um, and so the, the shot goes off. It spooks me. I had no idea the shot was going <laughs> off spooks me spooks the deer um and i was like you know game over but the deer basically had no idea where that came from or what the heck just happened um and so it ran 10 or 15 yards basically coming from behind me to now being right in front of me and gave me like a perfect broadside follow-up at 10 to 15 yards and so i was somehow it was able to recover my emotions and you know everything else get another arrow knocked and um thankfully I had you know a much easier not leaning not torquing type um chip shot and yeah man let that arrow go which was you know the first on an animal and I felt like I made a good shot it took off there was a a little rise on the hillside and it it went over that um and I just remember like, holy cow, did that really just happen? Like everything from getting into the tree to seeing that deer bedded within 10 minutes to then thinking there's no way it's coming my direction to then it did come my direction to then blowing up this shot um, and then getting this follow-up shot that was perfect. Like I just, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe how it went down. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I sat there for a little bit. I think I... Um, 
I texted Jen at that point and just let her know. And then, you know, by the time I took my time, climbed down on my climber, it had probably been 30, 40 minutes and blood trailed it a pretty short way. It basically ran towards a, um, a pretty steep section that was like super thick. It was kind of a pain in the butt, but yeah, it was, it was my first one. And I think I ended up killing two or three whitetail that, that first fall with my bow. So it was kind of like a good start to, you know, my first season and getting a little bit of confidence under my belt and filling some tags and having those encounters. Um, yeah, it was cool, man. I, I was, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you, you just never forget it. Right. Like, and it, that obviously that story, like with the odd things, it's a little bit memorable. That first arrow that I accidentally released was absolutely buried in this tree buried <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's funny i you know i was so focused on obviously recovering the deer that i didn't even think about recovering that arrow that first arrow i accidentally buried and uh it wasn't till like a year afterwards that i went back and that arrow was still buried in that tree and i still have that one so it's you oh, know nice. funny cool little stuff like that but um, yeah yeah it was it was definitely <laughs> a first right like it wasn't perfect i probably made some bad judgment calls and um you know, learn some lessons there right away, but it was cool. You know, yeah, that's funny. But you know, funny you, uh, the arrow being having the arrow buried in the tree that reminded me of we had uh, those uh, those first years elk hunting where we were at. There was um, we had this place called Seven Point Ridge, and it was named that because uh, a guy was uh, it had been like ten years prior was hunting. Um, and missed a seven point and the, the broadhead was buried in the tree. And we like, it was, you could always for when I was hunting there, you, you could still see the very tip of the feral, um, <laughs> the, the threads of the thing buried in the tree. It became like this almost like, uh, uh, like a good luck charm, you know, like you had to right. go visit the tree and touch the broadhead. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty fun. It was kind of this cool, like this epic, you know, there's all, it was a great elk hunting spot. It was this epic spot. And you'd, go check the broadhead every year to see it was still there. And it was kind of funny. But, yeah. That uh, that's awesome, man. That's fun. I, I never thought about, uh, you guys definitely have, you know, Midwest, uh, Eastern guys being able to, to shoot a lot of animals. There's so much value of, um, being able to pull a bow back or, or hold a gun on vitals and, and squeeze the trigger, you know, and get that experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, target rich environment. Cause when you're out West, you know, those are kind of hard to come by. I always had a strategy early on to to not be picky about the animals I was shooting. You know, as long as it was legal and um, the meat was going to taste good, I wanted to kind of get some experience points under my belt. You know, but there, I think those opportunities um, can be a lot harder to come by. So I've never really thought about that from from your point of view. Of you know, you could plenty of places you could shoot five to ten deer a year, if I'm not mistaken. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hit or miss. Like, it kind of depends on access, right? Like, so the guys who hunt more public land, it's not going to be as plentiful. But, um, you know, the guys who have access to certain areas, I mean, there's... And I don't, to be honest with you, but I, I have buddies who, like, they can go out for an evening hunt and just guaranteed, like, oh, yeah, I'll see, like, 10 to 15 deer. Like, in a, you know, a three-hour hunt or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Where it's just, they're plentiful and they're patterned and it's pretty consistent. Um yeah, for those guys, like there's, yeah, that, that would be getting that early wins. And like you said, even if it's not, um, deer, you're gonna, you're gonna 
fill a tag on just getting those encounters, like letting that heart rate spike, practicing going to full draw, seeing what you can get away with. Yeah. Um, versus like, yeah, as you said, out West, um, and even from my perspective, somebody who goes out West, it's like, you have to make, you have to make the most of opportunity. You don't get many practice chances or do overs or, you know, Oh, I'm just going to pass this one up type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Uh, yeah. So the deer, my first deer was, uh, uh, anyone from Boise will know I'd, I'd first year bow hunting. I drew the Ada County late tag. So it's just literally in the foothills above Boise. It's like November 16th to December 16th. So late season migration, uh, typically lots of does and, and lots of small bucks. The hunt's kind of, um, gotten worse over the years. I think deer kind of changed their patterns a little bit, but it used to be a phenomenal hunt. I mean, I think, you know, 20 years ago it was really 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 good um anyways i had uh found this little four by three um and he was all by himself bedded and i had it's kind of i think it was late in the afternoon and i remember um it's all there's very little sagebrush up there it's pretty much just foothills with dead grass you know just 12 inch 18 inch tall dead grass and some dirt and not not very rocky or anything just just dirty foothills um anyways I had gotten this little, it was right in this little ravine and I'd uh, got into the ravine and it was crawling on my hands and knees. And I think I got to about 60 yards. And I want to say that first year, like 50 was probably like my max, right? I probably, and I probably shouldn't have been shooting that far uh, on an animal, but that's what I was shooting at the range and could, you know, the old hit a pie plate type thing. Um, so I was too far away to like really do anything. Um, and then I had sat there for hours. Uh, and the, the two things I remember from that is one, I was, uh, I had no covers and I had gotten into that point where I, and I couldn't move. You know, I think the deer had gotten up and rebedded or something or it was like facing right at me. Um, and I, and I couldn't move at all. And I remember my legs just going that it's like the numbest they'd ever been just the position I was sitting <laughs> where I, I couldn't feel them, but I was so like bound and determined to kill this deer that, I was just like, you know, suffering through the freaking numbness and you just wanted to stretch your leg out so bad. Uh, and at the same time, the sun, uh, it was, it was afternoon and, and there's short days, you know, in December. And so the sun's starting to set at like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And it's like basically right in my, my eyes. Right. I mean, it was just basically at some point I couldn't see the deer anymore. Um, and then I got really lucky. I, the deer, uh, had jumped up. Um, I don't know if wind got it or what, but jumped up, kind of went around this little knob. Um, and I remember jumping up to go move and I literally jumped up and just face planted cause my, <laughs> my legs are so numb <laughs> that I couldn't feel them. Um, I was face planted. My arrow came knocked, like got unknocked and was like buried in the freaking dirt. And I'm like scrambling, trying to, um, you know, get the arrow re-knocked. And I, all I had to do was move like 15 yards, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I get it all situated and, and I get around and I, I remember like it, my legs were still so numb, like my calves and my feet that I ended up like getting on my knees uh, and the deer was like, oh, this is like 44 yards shot, um, felt pretty good about the shot, uh, hit him, you know, and then he, the deer, deer ran over the ridge. I went and found the arrow, uh, had like good blood on the arrow. I was like, all right, you know, I was so just absolutely jacked. I, uh, my, my buddy that, uh, I was hunting with was, he was like, you know, a ridge away and called him on the, on a radio trying to get through to him, telling him I shot one and, 
um, he was, I think at the same time he was like going to put a stock on a deer. It's like, all right, man, I'll, I'll meet you, you know, down at the road at dark and I'll find my deer and then we'll come back in in the morning and, you know, get him, get him out of here. And, um, you know, I probably didn't wait long enough. Maybe I waited 15 minutes or something just stupid. You know, I was just young and inexperienced. And I remember walking around the hill and then the deer was out there at like a hundred yards, still just kind of standing and didn't look wounded or anything like that. I'm like, what the, you know, I was so confused because I had the arrow with me and it's good blood on it. And, um, I remember like, is this the same deer? Cause it, um, but, uh, I knew it was cause the ant was just four by three is pretty distinct, you know? And, uh, I couldn't see any blood on the front, like where the arrow went in. And, and I was just like, so perplexed. Um, I was like, that's a freaking deer. I know I shot, I got the arrow. So I remember, going down and and then this is when things get ugly right um so i I think i got to like 65 yards um and shot again and i don't i I heard thump you know um but no idea where i hit uh deer runs over the over the hill um and like long story short i end up shooting five arrows into this freaking or four arrows into the deer um and it just wouldn't die, you know, oh like it wouldn't die. I figure out what was going on. Like it kept, it just kept like it run and bump and you knew it was wounded cause it only run like a hundred yards and then stand there. And, um, so I had, I had a five arrow quiver. So I, I had one arrow left and the deer had gone down this little ravine. This is probably an hour after the initial shot. Um, and he was laying in this little ravine and I got to like 10 yards away, you know, put an arrow like he was basically laying on his side, but he was still breathing, still kicking his legs. And uh, I'm just like, I feel so terrible. And this yeah. is right after my shooting the cow where, uh, you know, the back in September where, you know, I had hit it back and I had to lay it over, let it lay overnight. And I was just like bound to determine, like, you know, I just, that it's such a miserable feeling when something like that happens, you know, to know the animal suffering. So I, I was really wanted this thing just to die. And, uh, I ended up shooting the arrow right at like 10 yards into it, like right where I think the heart should be and like just drill it. The arrow's just stuck into the ground right there, you know, and like I'm just like waiting, waiting. And, it, you know, probably felt like 10 minutes, but it was, it was probably, probably like seconds. Two. Yeah. Yeah. And the deer still didn't die. So finally I grab a freaking knife and I just uh. jump on the on the thing's back and slit the throat on it and let it bleed out. And oh, dude, such a. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm yeah. sure plenty of guys have similar stories, you know, like, right. uh, so my first two bow kills are just like gut wrenching. And I remember it was definitely a, um, probably the catalyst to, cause at that point I'd bought a bow, you know, I was just going off some of the advice that other people had given me, um, on to, you know, letting basically other people tune my bow. And I remember back then we had the whole, like, uh, you know, your broadheads can never shoot with your field points. You you just need to like recite in for your broadheads. Yeah. And, you know, it was a very, very basic, limited understanding of, of bow and accuracy and had that whole pie plate mentality at 50 yards. And that was definitely a catalyst for like, okay, I, you know, killed two animals my first year bow hunting, but I really, really need to like get better at shooting. And, and it was like I said, that got me started down the road of like learning how to tune my own equipment and, and becoming a much, much better shot. So mm-hmm. I took those unfortunate experiences and, and used them as, as learning, uh, learning lessons and, 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 uh, started really, you know, in the years following that got, got to become a much, much better shot. So, yeah. uh, yeah, but it was, uh, those first two were, were rough, man. <laughs> it's yeah. not fun. Uh, and I, I'll never, yeah, never forget. It's still, cause I said, I was talking about being squeamish. I was still squeamish 
around blood and stuff like that, even at, at, when I was 18 there. And um, I remember jumping on that thing and slitting his throat. And that was a, that one will stick with me for a long time for sure. Of just like did, it was not a fun experience, but yeah, but I was, nonetheless, it was bow hunting and I was hooked and you know, that's, I was full on committed to, to becoming better and, and, you know, continue to do it. And here we are. Right. Uh, 18, wow. 19 years later, whatever that is. Oh, 18 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is funny. Even just thinking of even now guys who are getting started, you know, equipment's better but like you said even understanding's better because you know you go back years and that was the mindset right like hit a pie plate that's yeah. good enough or you know broadheads aren't hitting but that's okay i'm just gonna move my sight um I, I would hope that a lot of you know maybe those early lessons that you learn is still gonna depend on the individual but with a level of knowledge and understanding and equipment and you know you look at range finders and just not that it's easier in a way but it is easier in a way to get started um hopefully with less mistakes hopefully with less stories like that where you're getting four arrows into something um you know it's just different now than it was 18 years ago yeah 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 i remember the i think it was that same year that first fall um i think it was actually the second i guess it would have been the second deer that i shot with my bow um but it was one of those deals where I, I still remember like that sinking feeling in the stomach I actually made a great shot, but it was right at last light. Um, I mean, last light, like I could see my pins. I didn't really question it, but it was one of those things where by the time I let the arrow go and again, climbed down from my tree stand and hit the ground, like it was pitch black before I knew it, just pitch black. And mm. it was, um, it was, it was, it must've been only a week or two, um, after that, that first one. And so it's um, late October, early November, leaves are falling in the Midwest, and a lot of the leaves still have color, and I'm, I'm literally on hands and knees looking for blood, because it was one of those situations where I just, I knew I made a good shot, and it wasn't a far shot, but I just didn't pay enough attention, as I should have, to exactly where that shot was from where I was in the tree stand in relation and, you know, I just kind of was like, oh, good shot. I know that's good to go. I'm going to climb down. But then you get down on the ground and things look different. And then you're like, how far was it? And by the time I was down on the ground, I had lost perspective because it was pitch black. And I just remember mm -hmm. literally being on hands and knees looking for blood, thinking this was the dumbest thing I've done was shooting, you know, right here at last light um, without now any um, time with light to look for this thing and thankfully honestly it was probably it went like 40 yards it was in the end it was no big deal but it was just that those few minutes of it being pitch black looking for blood thinking worst case scenario questioning my sanity again i'm still new to this it was a newer property um, it was a different property than the first one but it was a new property so i wasn't as familiar with the lay of the land or how the deer behaved. And so it was just, you know, again, like one of those early lessons that to this day has stuck with me about um, trying to be careful with shot timing, trying to pay attention in the heat of the moment with, you know, where am I? Where's the shot? Where was the animal standing when the impact happened? What direction did, like picking out those landmarks, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's just so easy to lose that in the heat of the moment. Yeah, I still struggle with that to this I day, do. man. There's yeah. so many times that you just the shot goes down, and then 
you know, you got like, say a second shot opportunity presents itself and you run like 30 yards and, and try to get another shot and then trying to go back and find where like where you originally shot from, where the animal was standing. It is, it's very hard, but something you, you have to be aware of because it's, um, it's all fine and dandy when you, you make a perfect shot and the animal runs 50 yards and dies. But when you're trying to find that arrow, find the blood trail, that stuff becomes really, really critical. Yeah. Steve, tomorrow um, on the podcast, we actually have a normal episode. It almost feels like it's been a while since we've just had an actual <laughs> podcast episode. Um, but our guest, we recorded this one probably a month or so ago um, with Chad Wright, who's a former Navy SEAL, who now does a ton of ultra running, um, is a hunter as well. And our whole goal with this podcast and talking to him was like, in terms of the release timing, we wanted to release it just before the death hike, which has now been postponed. But it's funny, I actually listened to this um, interview at the end of my hike this past weekend, my little personal death hike, if you will. Um, and it's it's there's so much good stuff in here um, in this podcast mm-hmm. that's coming out tomorrow. I'm really excited to share it with you guys. What I don't, you haven't listened back to it. I know that, but like what stands with yeah. you from this conversation from three or four weeks ago that we had with Chad? <laughs> to be honest, there's a lot happened in the last four weeks. I, I know. I remember being, uh, I remember just it, sometimes, you know, we recorded uh, an episode and it just like even during the episode, I'm just like, hell yeah. You know, like this yep. is, uh, I love this information. I love that we're sharing this. Um, I, he had such a great positive attitude and outlook on things and, um, I, I just absolutely dug it. There's some one liners in there that, um, um, gosh, dang it. I'm trying to, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember, man. It's been uh, too much on my mind, but yes, it was phenomenal. Like his attitude and approach to things is so spot on. And, and if everybody even takes 10% of what he says and suggests, uh, they'd be better people. Yeah. It was, it was one of the, podcasts where we you know we we finished it we hung up on the call and both you and i were like we're gonna have to listen to that one again and which we don't always do um but yeah as you said like there's so much good stuff in there it's worth going through and it's really when i listened to it the other day on my hike i was listening to it expecting you know okay i'm listening to this now on my hike and expecting it to relate to the hike itself which it did because um, we talk about, you know, mindset and pushing yourself and physical adversity, among many other things. But it's also interesting having listened to this podcast now amidst the COVID pandemic, because when you go back a mm. month, it wasn't an issue in the U.S. Like our way of life hadn't been changed. And so there's certain parts on the podcast where we even talk about, you know, how easy life is and you kind of have to choose adversity in a certain way. And that's all still true, but in this, in some ways, like the difficulty, the adversity has now been somewhat afflicted to us. Like it's come to us a little bit in a different way than even when we recorded this podcast just a few weeks ago. So anyway, I, it, it's, yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know what's coming. There is a normal um, podcast interview tomorrow and it is a hundred percent worth listening to and one that I know you and I will both go back to Steve. Yep. Absolutely. I need to listen to that one as soon as it's out. Yeah, we'll hop on Thursday. We got some listener questions from you guys that we'll tackle on Thursday. So um, if there's anything else you guys have for us, definitely let us know. Just shoot us an email to podcast at xmountgear.com. If there's something you want us to talk about, answer a question, anything like that, we'd be happy to chat through it with you. 
Thanks as always for tuning in. Steve, have a good one, my man. Yep, you as well. <laughs>